Welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, where we strip away the layers to show you what it takes to achieve a healthy body and brain in 20 minutes. I'd like to invite you to go over to BareNakedHealthPodcast.com to take your free brain quiz today to see where the health of your brain lies. And for taking the quiz, you will get a free copy of my book, The Four Morning Secrets to Perfect Brain Health, shipped to your door. Hey guys, I'm your host, Nick Horowski, and welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, episode number 29. In today's episode, I interview nutritionist, holistic lifestyle coach, and writer, Steve Macari. Be sure to stick around to see what amber glasses and an air filter can do for your health right now. Alrighty, guys, I'm pleased to have on the line today Steve Macari, and he is just he's, he's a, a great practitioner with nutrition, with health, just the whole holistic uh, view of things. And I want to I want to start off with again the first question that I ask everybody here is tell us about your health journey, but in ten sentences or less. So where is that concise? Where did everything come from for you, Steve? Hey, Nick, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So. Uh... So my health journey started in my mid-20s. It actually started with an injury. Um, I was surfing. And the board hit me in the face. I needed stitches. Turns out I got a pretty bad infection from that. Uh, antibiotics, you know, the normal, normal drill. Um, that whole next year, I just, things started changing in my body, food sensitivities, fatigue, joint pain, all sorts of things, which I think are pretty common following kind of a, a traumatic or stressful event. So I don't know. I didn't really think anything of it. I didn't want to go to doctors. I just thought I was getting older. Went up going to a doctor. They told me I was fine based on my physical. Still didn't feel fine. That's when I started taking it into my own hands and really researching things. Made a ton of mistakes. Followed different fad diets. Never really felt better. Eventually, things got really bad. I went through kind of another, like a major life stressor with, you know, uh, work and some other things. And um, around the same time, I two things happened. Uh, one, I found Paul Check's book, How to Eat, Move, and Be Healthy. And two, I um, started working with a holistic chiropractor. Those two things together really, you know, helped me get better. And that's when I kind of, you know, it really changed my life. And I saw how powerful this stuff was. And I, I wanted to do it for a living. So that's the story. There you go. And so what is, where are you at now? Again, currently, like, I've read a lot of your writing, so I know doing definitely the writing, but uh, from the nutrition coaching. But I mean, what else? What What do you really do? What is almost your elevator speech at this point? Yeah, so uh, I'm a nutritionist, holistic lifestyle coach. I provide my services through my holistic lifestyle company, which is called Silverback S L V R B K dot com. And I'll make sure um, that's in the show notes so everybody can check that out for sure. Cool. I'm also the uh, nutritionist for a, a gym here in Manhattan, um, you know, a really great gym where they believe in a holistic approach called Drive 495. So I offer my services to the clients there. And you know, I write about health, you know, speak about it. And I also sell a yoga exercise mat as well through my company. So that's what I'm doing is trying to get the message out to as many peaceful people as possible. Well, what, is, what is so special about this yoga mat? It's a very high quality mat. You know, I, I believe it will last people a lifetime. It's a little more, uh, has a little more cushioning than most of the mats out there, which I think people think they need a, a firm mat when in reality, 
I think only very, very high-level practitioners benefit from those mats. So it uh, has a lot of cushioning, and uh, people have told me it feels like they're on a cloud when they use it. So. <laughs> on a cloud, That's, that sounds uh, <laughs> definitely like a good thing for sure. Yep. Uh, now, okay, so then talking, let's talk about movement practice a little bit. Do you subscribe to a specific movement practice? I mean, is yoga part of that for yourself, uh, or what all does it encompass? Yeah, I don't tell anybody, but I don't really do a lot of, a lot of yoga. <laughs> <laughs> for me, I, you know, living in New York City, you know, there are positives and negatives, and you know, I guess we'll talk about that, but, you know, one of the positives here is that, you know, we walk around a lot. So I'm walking quite a bit. So that's a big part of my movement practice. You know, in my earlier 20s, college, I, I did lift weights a lot in the gym. I was into that whole scene. Now, to be honest, you know, really once a week, I'll do some bodyweight training or some kettlebells where I feel like I need to lift something heavy. I might do some deadlifts, but I really don't plan it anymore. I will say about once a week, I'll do something like that. Uh, one or two times a week, I'll play some sort of some game. Um, you know, I play handball. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys are familiar with that, like the blue ball against the wall. It's probably only uh, popular in, in cities and maybe only in New York. <laughs> I do know of it, but uh, yeah. I know that's probably more, again, you need more or confined space. You don't have all the, the free space to necessarily get out and do stuff as much. So I'm sure that's more conducive yeah. to that. I get out and surf when I can in Long Island, um, which, um, you know, once a week, once every two weeks, hopefully. And my new thing has been pickleball. I don't know if you know what that is. No. It's, it's, a, it's another racket sport where it's kind of, um, you hit a big wiffle ball on like a mini tennis court. It's popular in Florida and a lot of these retired communities, but okay. it can be a really, really great workout too. I, I think it's going to take off on the East Coast. <laughs> all right. All right. So, uh, I, so I'm doing that. That's, that's awesome. I mean, you're talking about so much that doesn't involve structure. And that's, yeah. that's a great thing to hear because so often people will say, well, I have to get to the gym or I can't find time to get to the gym where even just, hey, walking everywhere, I mean, or walking a lot, that can be just a simple movement practice in itself. And I think is oftentimes very uh, underrated as such. Yeah, you know, and I mean, I guess they have a term for it, you know, non-exercise movement or something. I've heard them call it, but yeah, I find it to be really beneficial. And it's also, I think walking is also a great, you know, stress reducer, you know, so you clear your head as long as you're not looking at your phone while you're walking around. It, it, uh, I find it can be really, uh, you know, kind of a way to be present and just focus on things. So. Now, Steve, do you want to expand upon that a little bit? Because that's something I'm sure you see it more, right? Again, where I'm at, I don't get to walk everywhere. I get to walk out in the woods a lot close to my house, but uh, just based on if I have to go to the store, if I'm going to work, I don't get to walk. But you probably see that a lot. And do you notice that people just around, again, you're walking on the streets in New York City every day, are, are they disconnected or, or what? what is that really? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I think a lot of people, um, uh, they are disconnected. They may think they're more connected, but... Uh, I think it just—it's just where we're at these days, and it's—it's it's an addiction, I think. You know, and, and you know, in the in the vices section, I think you asked me what what my my vices are. And yeah, I'll be the first one to say that it can be hard to not keep refreshing things on your phone, emails or Instagram or social media. Um, it can be a real challenge, and I think you know, like even me, I have to work at that. I have implemented a few rules with my phone. Like when I'm walking around with my phone, it's always on airplane mode. I really do find that the you know the EMF 
gets to me. It, it really does bother me, maybe more than most people. So I keep it on airplane mode and I kind of just check in periodically. I try and have times a day where I'll do my social media and I'll do my posts and I won't look at it again right after to see, to see when I got my first like or to see what else came in. So uh, I really think, I know personally, I've needed a lot, of more, a lot more structure there. I know some people, I guess, are in positions where they can't afford to do that. They do need to be responding to emails quickly. So, you know, and in those instances, when I have clients that tell me that, I try and get them to be a little bit better about it, like especially before bed or maybe when they first wake up. So rather than jumping on their phone and checking email, like the second they wake out of bed, at least give it 10 or 15 minutes. Maybe have your glass of water, maybe do some breathing, some, uh, some squats, uh, maybe go look out your window and try and, you know, look at the sun, see if that'll help wake you up. Even, you know, 10 minutes in the morning and, you know, if 10 or 15 minutes at night, just not having it right near you before you go to bed, I think can be helpful. It's not ideal, but I think it's a step in the right direction. And I think it can have a, a noticeable impact on your health. Now, okay, so you're talking about like first thing in the morning uh, and before bed. I mean, do you have a specific morning routine, a specific nightly routine, like preparing for bed uh, that you follow? I do. So, um, you know, when I wake up in the morning, first thing I generally do is I go have about, a, you know, a glass of water. You know, I, don't, I used to chug like a liter of more water in the morning. And I found it to be too much. I, I was like peeing all morning. I, I thought it was too much. So I do well with about a, a pint of water and I actually usually put in some fresh squeezed orange juice or sometimes I'll just eat a piece of fruit first thing in the morning. I feel best doing that. Then I'll go about for about the next hour or so. Um, you know, I do a few different things. You know, right now I'm, I'm trying to learn Italian. Okay. So um, I have uh, this um, you know, Italian app that I do on my phone or computer. So I spend about 20 minutes, half hour doing that. Now, what do you use? Like if somebody's looking to learn a new language, like really stimulate some, uh, some of the different parts of their brain there for that type of learning, what, what do you like to use for that? Duolingo is an yes. app. Okay. It, it's a free app and it, it's phenomenal. I mean, I think everybody was into the Rosetta Stone for a while, but mm -hmm. I think Duolingo is much more um, geared towards learning language quickly. So um, yeah, it's really great. My father's from Italy. I went there this summer and I decided I, I wanted to finally learn and it's, it's going, it's pretty good. So I've been doing it for about a month now and I, I really enjoy it. So I would definitely check that out if you want to learn a language. I do that for about a half hour. And then I, sometimes I'll do a little bit of like meditation in the morning, zoning out, but not always. Do you have a formal practice that you use, like some type of meditation or an app or something that you've come up with for yourself that you find that works? I don't have an app and I, I kind of vary what I do. For a long period of time, I really had a hard time meditating. So I found the Tai Chi and Qi Gong movements that we learned, you know, the ones we learned in, in check training to be very useful, specifically the Tai Chi ruler. I don't know if your viewers will know what that is, but it's kind I've of had a couple, a couple of uh, people I've interviewed. Uh, I've talked about it yeah. myself, and some might, some might not. But I'll, I'll definitely link to it uh, to some videos, even of Paul's or something, so they could find out a little bit more. Unless you have a uh, resource that you recommend on it too. I don't have a good one for that. I should probably make a video. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Maybe we'll figure something out here and we can link to that then. Yeah. So basically, uh, it's just synchronizing your breath with a movement. It really helps turn your mind off and um, kind of get you to zone out, which I think is the goal. So I did that for a while and eventually I found myself being able, wanting to just sit still more and, and being able to quiet my mind when I sit st uh, sat still. 
you know, I, I wouldn't call it any particular type of meditation. I've experimented with various things from eyes open, just staring at a, an object and looking at that object and not thinking about other things. Um, I've experimented with, you know, different mantras, repeating those in my head. And most recently, I've experimented with some different sounds. I took a sound meditation course, uh, you know, where you were using OM and, um, and also just making your own noises that felt good. It can really help you tune into your body. So I've been doing that a lot. Most recently, though, I'll, to be honest, what I've been doing is really just getting out into the park across the street from me. And, you know, it, it's not Central Park. It's another park called Madison Square Park. And a lot of trees in there, a lot of squirrels and birds. And um, I'll just either walk around or just sit on a bench and just kind of watch the animals or watch a tree. Um, you know, it's, it's funny the other day I was kind of doing like a little walking meditation in there and I guess I was pacing back and forth and some girl came up to me and said, are you okay? And I was like, I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I may look a little weird out there, but she was probably um, drawn to the energy. She wanted some of that. Yeah. Too. So I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I feel very connected out there and you can kind of feel the, uh, you can feel the energy in the air as soon as you walk into the park. I, I you know, at least I feel it. Um, so so a little bit of everything. I don't have a, one thing. I, I kind of just, and this is the, the way I am with a lot of the things I do. I kind of just, you know, listen to what I need that day and I, and I kind of do it. And I, I like having a lot of different tools because I don't always feel like just sitting there. Sometimes I want to be walking while I kind of, yeah, I don't even like calling it meditation. I, to me, I call it kind of just zoning out and not thinking, you know, what, whatever pops into my head. So, and it's interesting, you get some of your best ideas in those periods too, so. I, I, I was going to comment on that, if you, if you, and you said it too, uh, I take the dogs for a walk every day. I'm out in the woods and loving it, and I have to carry something to make sure that I can write stuff down, yep. um, because just be walking along and all of a sudden it just comes into your head and it's, oh my God, that's, it's just something that's an epiphany uh, that you're not even trying to do it. And it's, it's so amazing when it happens. It's just the, the feelings, like you said, that you can get from nature are just incredible. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I don't know where I read this, but recently I heard somebody you know, talk about how everybody goes out and, or when people do get out in nature, they feel great. And I think they, a lot of people attribute it to just that it's quiet and they don't think about the energetic component that the trees are actually in a way, reading you and kind of giving you what you need. And, you know, especially when you're barefoot, there's that whole, you know, releasing that energy and the grounding and that whole effect that it has. So it's really powerful stuff too. So, and yeah. That's, that's awesome. The, the grounding, do you, do you know of uh, anything that you'll use? So, cause people ask me this a lot of times, okay, well, yeah, sure. I can get my bare feet out in the summertime. Is there anything that you use in the wintertime, especially like you're in New York, you have limited, I'm sure like grass, dirt available that you can even be walking on. Any tips for anybody on that? Yeah, I, I lean on a tree, uh, whether it's with my hand or just I rest my back on it and um, I feel better after doing it. So uh, there's something to it. I have a few different trees over here in the park that, you know, I'll just lean on and, and look around for a little while and um, it works for me. So you know, and then there, there are a lot of, there are grass areas in the park over here, but you know, they kind of block them off. They don't want, really <laughs> want you going on them. So <laughs> typical New York city stuff, but, uh, I'll usually jump over the fence and take my shoes off even for a few minutes and just get my feet on the ground. Uh, you know, all times of year, to be honest, I think even doing it for a few minutes is helpful. So Absolutely. that's what I, that's what I do. Very nice. Now we, we were talking about it a little bit before and kind of like talking about your morning routine now. Is there, I, I, well, I know there is, but I, I read a recent uh, article that you wrote about kind of what your, 
nutritional philosophy is almost, or kind of what your day looks like from that. And being a nutritionist, this is something that people want to learn from uh, about you. And I, I want them to understand, of course, it's going to be customized to you, but what is it that you do? Like, what is what are some of the practices that you've adopted that you feel really uh, just kind of supercharged on with your nutrition? With me, I'm definitely the type of person who does well with a lot of carbs in their diet. And particularly a lot of those carbs coming from uh, from sugar, from fruit and honey. You know, I, I did the whole antifungal, low-sugar diet for a long uh, for several months, and I, I felt terrible on it. And I, you know, I I tested as a protein type and looking at all these metabolic typing tests and I felt good for a few weeks and I, my energy levels just plummeted. I mean, I'm the type of guy, I've always been very lean, even when I was eating things that probably weren't right, a lot of processed and refined foods. I don't, I don't put on weight kind of no matter what I eat, which I think is another sign that I am more of a carb, a carb type. And so I, I've ado- as soon as, since I've adopted that philosophy, getting more fruit in my diet, um, I feel phenomenal. You know, I eat some starches too. I eat some rice, uh, white rice, potatoes, squash, those sorts of things. But I would say a lot of meals will just be, for me, uh, my carbs will come from fruit. And I feel really, really great doing that. Yeah, and you know, if you know, I, I kind of outlined what I eat in that article, which I guess you can link to. But for me, you know, every meal is going to have some form of protein in it. Um, some form of fat. Ghee is a fat that really works well for me personally, uh, although I use coconut oil and, and some butter as well. And then, you know, I'll have a piece of fruit, some cheese. I, I guess you could call it maybe like a, a little Mediterranean in a way, <laughs> uh, European. And that's really, that's kind of how I do it. The other thing I guess I would say is that I do pretty well with dairy. Um, I haven't always done well with dairy, but I don't know, I guess is. You know, I've got my digestive system and, and hormones in order. I tolerate it pretty well now. So, you know, I have milk also. A lot of times I might have, you know, fruit and cheese as a snack or a glass of milk, even with some honey is a nice time before bed thing that I do often. So, I mean, I'm big on broth as well. So I get, I get broth in the mix pretty regularly, usually make, make a batch once every week or so. I guess you asked me, Nick, at one point about things that I may be against the kind of the norm on yeah and i get i guess one of them i kind of just touched on with kind of sugar and and i was going to ask you to expand yeah. upon that that's perfect please yes yeah and i i first learned about the whole sugar thing from um from ray pete and i'm sure some of your ruler uh followers know who ray pete is and i was shocked uh i was appalled but i've never been the type of person to um knock something until i tried it uh, I'm, I still, you know, I'm trying new things all the time. So I gave it a go and, you know, started eating more fruit and I was like, holy crap, I really do. I feel better on in numerous areas. And so, um, that's, that, that was enough for me. It's still a challenge for some people. I, I find that, you know, like, you know, you still get people who are afraid of egg yolks for the cholesterol. You still get people who are afraid of fruit. They think that's the, a big driver in weight gain. But, you know, in my experience, I would say when people add a little fruit to their diet, it actually can have a metabolism boosting effect. And you know, one sign, in my opinion, that you need more fruit is if you're getting uh, sugar cravings. So that's one thing I would say. Now, again, that goes against uh, almost the norm of okay. Well, if you're getting sugar cravings, it means uh, we talked like your your body's addicted to something. If you if you're craving it, but it doesn't necessarily it's not always the case. Again, because you're craving something, it could be something because in the fruits. I mean, you look at the high potassium, the high magnesium, like all of these other uh, high mineral contents that are in these foods that we're craving sometimes. And it's 
not something that we always want to shut out then either. Yeah, you know, a lot of these fruits are very mineral rich. Um, so it, the challenge with fruit is that, it, you know, it is hard to get good fruit, especially where we live. Uh, you know, I've been taking advantage of what's available this summer. But, you know, in the winter, it does get a little harder to get local real fruit. So um, you know, you do have to keep that in mind too. And And that's a good thing too. You talked about like being on certain diets previously for three months, six months, whatever it may be, but you didn't feel great. But the other thing is you don't have to stay on a specific, like 100% uh, tied down to a, a certain diet. It, it can be dynamic throughout the year. I mean, you're talking about seasons here. Do you, do you notice that you change throughout the year even uh, even if you were did have everything available throughout the year, yeah, I think it can and should be dynamic. And I, I think I'm a big believer that you should always be assessing um, various things. I mean, you could look at it quantitatively and uh, be getting blood work, a full blood panel, several times a year, which I personally do, and I strongly encourage my clients to do. And that do you can use tell you like how- a specific one, uh, a specific uh, lab that you'll use for that, or uh, uh- LabCorp. Unfortunately, in New York, I have to go through people's doctors okay. when I tell them, but I usually tell them what tests to get and yeah. their doctor. So it's, it could be LabCorp, it could be Quest, right. but um, you know, typically I'll help them you know, look through that and see what deficiencies they have, inflammation in the gut or elsewhere in the body, um, you know, gut issues, it's, it's um, hormonal imbalances. It's really, really helpful for me to customize things for people on the nutrition and lifestyle front. And also, you know, I guess I work with a lot of clients who, you know, whether they work in fields where they're looking at numbers a lot, a lot of people like to see things on paper. Like I might tell them that they have some hormonal imbalances. I, I kind of just know, but they don't believe me often until they they see it. So it's a good motivator for my clients, the blood work thing. And so I do incorporate it a lot with people. But you know, other things that you can just do do yourself. You know, I, I send people a questionnaire weekly. You know, and I ask them. Uh, simple things like how are your energy levels? You know, how is your sleep in? How is your libido? How is your digestion? How's your skin quality? Do you have any joint pain? Have you had any uh, brain fog? Those are kind of just bigger picture things to think about on a weekly basis. But additionally, you know, I ask people to start thinking about how they feel after their meals. Um, you know, when I ask people that initially, they generally like, oh, gee, I don't think about it. But then I say, you know, well, listen, you know, uh, an hour or two after a meal, like, are you? Are you craving anything? Do you need a nap? Do you have a headache? Um, Like, what's the deal? Do you feel any bloating? And so I try and get people to start thinking about that. And, um, you know, that's the most powerful way to kind of know what your body needs, you know, looking at a post-meal response, but also just assessing things weekly and knowing when, you know, something doesn't feel right. So I do that personally. And, you know, I'm getting even, you know, even better at knowing what I need and and when I need it. So And and that's great is... I heard you say a lot of times in there, feel, using the word feel, because that's where that's lost a lot of times with, uh, I I think most people talking about just health in general, you talked about feeling the energy from the trees previously, like talking about feeling how you are after a meal. Is there anything else that we're really disconnected from feeling like, uh, is it, is it, I notice people that they, they don't notice how they feel when they wake up. They just automatically that alarm just goes off and they just go like they don't actually take note of did I get a really good night's sleep or is it just all right I'm just gonna rinse out the repeat all right time to start the day that's it like taking time to notice how you feel uh do do you have any uh advice for people to really get to the bottom of that how do they feel after eating how do they feel after moving anything like that I I think the best way to get more in tune with that is 
to set some t- side a time, set some time aside each day to to do nothing. And I think a great way to do this. I don't think you have to go to to start meditating. I really don't. I think even just sitting in the park without your phone or with your phone on airplane mode, and just trying to let your mind wander. Uh, whether you and, and there's various things you can do. You know, from like what I was describing before, you just start watching some squirrels move around. Or if you just see a tree or a flower, or if you have a nice vacation that you took, and you can, in your mind, start kind of remembering little things from each day of that vacation, uh, it takes you to a different place, and it'll, I think it'll make you more present, um, more present elsewhere in your day, and more in tune with your body and the environment, which and and other people too, which is uh, pretty important. And you talked about uh, vacation again there, and you said you were in Italy this this summer. Like, <laughs> what are what are things that you learned? I mean, just from the Italians, like how did they live? What did they eat? I mean, their their social life. I mean, what is what are some things that, especially we as Americans, uh, can learn from other cultures that you've noticed? Food quality is of the utmost importance there, um, which for me is 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 huge, and that's like one of the, the biggest things I learned from Paul Czech. Food quality is uh, is paramount. Uh, and in Italy, they either either growing stuff in their backyard or they're farming in a responsible way. A great example of this is we were on uh, like a major highway in Italy and we stopped at a rest stop. They had uh, fresh prosciutto, fresh cheese. It wasn't fast food at the rest oh stop. Oh my goodness. I, I, was, I was speechless. You can get espresso, like a real espresso bar. I could not believe what I was seeing. And uh, the, the driver that we had was like, oh, that's one, of the, that's one of the lower quality ones. They're even nicer than that normally. So it even trickles down to that. Or when you're in the airport, you can get like a, a fresh cooked meal, fresh chicken, or again, cured meats and cheese and fruit. It's really powerful stuff seeing that. It just shows that it's at all levels of society there. You know, and you know, the town that my dad is from is a is a small town in the mountains of Italy. There's only five hundred people there. You know, you could drink the water from the mountain. I mean, it's it's pretty special stuff. Um, so, you know, food quality, but then in addition, um, they really are mindful when they eat. They don't rush their meals. You know, they really do take several out oh, I don't know if it's like this in the bigger cities, but uh, you know, in Rome and in uh, the town my dad was from, they really do take their time when they eat lunch, uh, and they eat a big balanced meal. They're present during their meal, and they relax after it. So, you know, I know most people aren't going to be able to do that, <laughs> but even just setting aside, you know, most people don't even set aside a half hour for their lunch. They scarf down their lunch, I think, while they're eating or while they're walking. And I think that's really gonna really gonna hinder digestion and how you're absorbing everything that you're eating. And that's a great point. I mean, you could even take 30 seconds before and 30 seconds after to just be thankful for the meal. Uh, uh, just something as simple as that. Yeah, that that's such a great point. You know, just think about where your food came from. Um, that's going to help you digest it better and and absorb everything. So it's it's so critical. And you know, you want you know you obviously want people to chew their food properly. But if you can't do that, just be thankful for where it came from. Now, you're, you're harping on food quality there, Steve. Now, you're in a big city. I mean, it's tough. I mean, you might have like a rooftop garden or maybe something on your windowsill there. But where do you really, what do you do to find the best food that you can in New York? I'm very fortunate that I live only a few blocks from probably the biggest farmer's market in New York. So we get farmers from, all, you know, Hudson Valley, New Jersey, Long Island. Um, and they're here 
you know, four days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. So uh, to be honest, I'm usually at the farmer's market every day that they're there getting something. I, I buy some sort of food every day, to be honest. Um, so I get a lot of my, my uh, dairy, my produce, my eggs there. Um, there's a few other, you know, higher quality grocery stores that I go to for other products that I need. You know, a few things I order online, you know, like some of the, the cooking fats, like I get ghee online, coconut oil. But yeah, that's kind of how I do it. Um, you know, but I think the biggest thing that I notice is that, you know, people might not set aside the time to buy food, but for me, it's kind of, um, it's kind of a priority and it's actually, you know, it is part of my morning routine on many days. Cause I know if I don't, if I don't go in the morning, my days can get busy and I, I might skip it, you know, even me, even how much of a emphasis I put on it. So I tend to go to the farmer's market around eight in the morning, you know, when it opens, get my stuff and, you know, I'm home by 820 and I have what I need for the next few days or even that day. So it has to be a priority though. Otherwise you're not going to do it. Now, what does the rest of your day look like then? If, if, if it's like your typical day, I mean, uh, okay, you're, you're home by 820. I mean, you've done a lot of your morning practices, whether it be in the park, getting some of your high quality food. But what else do you like to do throughout the day? So, you know, I'm fortunate that I don't have to rush out in the morning most days, kind of make my own schedule. But, you know, I'm usually home until around 10. I, I spend time with my wife. You know, I'm the barista, so I'll make the coffee uh, and we'll have breakfast. And I, I might even do a little food prep for the day some days, um, figure out what we're going to have for dinner. Then I'm usually out for the next couple hours doing, um, you know, oftentimes I'll I'll go to a coffee shop to do, uh, you know, email and social media and that sort of thing. So that's usually my mornings. Um, afternoons are usually where I have meetings with clients. So I reserve that for that sort of thing. At some point there in the middle of the day, I usually try and make it out to the park, whether it's middle of the day or whether it's after my client meetings. Uh, and I, to be honest, I'll be in the park for usually about an hour. And that really helps me um, kind of, you know, I don't want to say recover, but kind of get balanced from whatever happened that day. And then, you know, I'm home and prepping dinner and maybe doing a little reading. And that's kind of it. You know, I'll spend some time, um, you know, with my wife at night. And um, I often actually, um, you know, I've been experimenting with nighttime meditation. And I, I actually really do like doing some of that practice right before I go to bed, especially on busier days. Um, if I am not kind of where I want to be in terms of, I guess I'll call it being wound down. Nighttime really helps me you know, doing a half hour to an hour before bed. You know, when the lights are out, it really helps me kind of come back and, and get a really good night's sleep. So, and, and that's, that's awesome there because a lot of times people will be just going, going, going until their head hits the pillow and then they can't fall asleep. Now, what yeah. are things, yeah, please. Like, what do, what do you think about that? Where do we need that time to almost shut down? Yeah. So I'll say a few things that have, you know, I have a lot of challenges with sleep in Manhattan. I live on a busy street. It's very noisy and, you know, I have blackout shades, but still it's, it can be bright in, um, in one of the rooms. So I, a recent purchase that I made, two things which have really enhanced my sleep. Number one, uh, I bought the glasses that block out the blue light. Yes. Uh, I, I used to laugh at people that wore those, but I have to be honest, I, in, within a few days, I've noticed changes in my circadian rhythm, You know, going to sleep, sleeping deeper, waking up, feeling more, even more rested than I did. Uh, waking up earlier, actually. Um, so I think they're having a significant impact. So, you know, if, if anybody doesn't know, you know, blue light is can suppress melatonin production and kind of keep the stress hormones high, essentially. 
which makes it so you can't really fall asleep when you hit the pillow. I think they're a great, great investment if you want to check those out. Now, uh, and one other quick question off of that. So the amber glasses, like when, when do you put them on? Like, so what, what do you think about that? Like, should we be wearing them early in the day or early at night, later at night? Like, is there a specific time that you really go for with that? So I started putting them on very early. Okay. And like maybe like around 7.30. Okay. I guess that's kind of when the sun's going down here right. now. And I was getting tired way too early. So okay. like, yeah. I found they really were making me tired. So now I do it kind of maybe a little bit later, around 8, 8.30. And I've been doing it at that time every night, which gives me a couple hours before I go to sleep. Uh, and I've kind of found that to be a pretty good window for me. Um, so I think they're great. The one other thing I've been doing, or I, I, it's a bigger investment that I made um, two or three months ago. I bought a, a HEPA air filter, uh, a really high quality one. I actually, um, six months ago, I found out that something didn't feel right in my, in my apartment. And eventually I figured out that I had some mold in one of my AC units. Had the AC unit, C unit replaced, but um, you know, who knows if there's mold particles or dust or whatever you know, allergens are coming into the apartment from outside. I bought this air filter and I noticed a significant improvement in my sleep when sleeping with this in my room. So I think most people could benefit from these sorts of filters. And, and the one I purchased, you don't have to worry about changing the filter you know, for like three or five years or something like that. So it's self-cleaning and um, it, it was it was really worth the money. I would definitely check those out. I don't know if you want me to say the brand. But, I mean, if um, you'd like to, yeah, yeah, we could send yeah. a link to it for people. Uh, uh, there's a company called Austin Air okay. um, and that one was was really great. Oh, make sure to put some links for people just so that they can check it out. Uh, what, so yeah. one thing I want to ask you then, talking about sleep here is, okay, you said you were even waking up earlier. Now, I, I would like you to expand upon that and... Do you think that the classic eight hours, I mean, is that a set in stone thing? Is that dynamic? Please, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, so with the waking up earlier, it's strange. You know, I don't know that, it, I don't know if it's that that melatonin is being released a little bit earlier and then those stress hormones or the, those morning hormones like cortisol are coming up more efficiently or earlier. So I guess there's something to that cycle, which maybe is, is doing that, you know. I'm sure you could look at that on a deeper level. You know, that's my thought there. But I would say that I don't think everybody needs eight hours sleep. There was a time period where I would have said that, but I, I do believe that some people can handle stress better than others. And I also believe that some people, and, and this is maybe kind of a deep thing, I believe that some people that are doing what they're supposed to be doing in life are connected to an energy source that can make it such that they don't need as much sleep, you know, however you want to look at that. Connecting to the source, uh, whatnot. I believe that there are some people who can survive with less sleep. I will say that most of my clients that I work with, the ones that are going to sleep earlier, i.e. before 10 o'clock at night, are generally in better health than those people that are going to bed after midnight. So it is a pattern that I see. Even if those people that are going to bed earlier are not getting a full eight hours, and even if the people that are going to bed at midnight or after are getting eight hours, I do believe that that sleep before midnight and getting to bed early is super, super powerful stuff and that it really should be a priority for, for people, especially when they're busy. But it, it can be challenging to get to bed early if you're on email until 9.45 or 10 o'clock at night. So it's going to require, um, it does require work. I, I often give people a hard time. I tell them to get to sleep early or sleep more. And I say, oh, you don't even have to do anything. You just have to sleep. But when you're wound up all day, it, it can be a lot harder than harder than it sounds or 
harder than just telling people to do that. So you got to look at all these other areas. And you were talking about being able to handle stress then too. Now, is there, is there a, uh, do you have even for yourself, like, like a negative stressor that keeps popping up in your life or something that you commonly see in, uh, clients that you work with and, how do you address it or how do you help them to address theirs? I mean, the biggest stressor for me is living in New York City. And, you know, I've, I've decided that I want to be here now because it's a great place for what I'm doing, uh, working with people, with great clients and spreading my message. But at the same time, it's, it's a real drain living here. You have to work really hard, in my opinion, to stay healthy. And I really do believe that's why you have to do a lot of the things that, you know, I, I talk about and that we do, Nick, you know, whether it's the air filters. I mean, I, I heard somebody recently tell me that, you know, living in New York is like smoking two packs a day, and it, it really oh might my be. goodness, this air is is polluted. Yeah, uh, and you know other things that people don't think about. You know they they admit that they spray chemicals for mosquitoes on you. So, but there's other things that they may be spraying on us that we don't know about, right? So there's all these uncontrollable stressors. If you live in New York, that's what I like to call them, uncontrollable stressors. You live in New York, you have to work. Most people have to work. There's pollution in the environment. So I try and get people to control with what they can control. So. Eat the highest quality food that you can find. Usually people can do that if they make the effort. Incorporate some form of stress management every day. That can be so, so powerful. Get sleep. Get out in nature. You know, eliminate any unnecessary toxins from your life. I guess a big one, big stressor that I, another big stressor that I see with people is alcohol. Um, I think many people drink way too much, especially wine. You know, a, a little bit of wine here and there is fine. But, you know, when you're doing it every night, I really... I don't. I think it has a number of adverse effects on your body. So, um, you know, I try and get people to drink a little bit less too. It's another thing that you can control, right? Um, you know, on the food quality front, we're fortunate enough that you know, in New York City, you can order whatever you want at whatever time you want. It, I had a friend stay over, and he got here at like eleven thirty at night, and we ordered him some like some Thai food, and he was like, and it was in our door in ten minutes, and he's like, I can't believe you can do this here. Uh, but it's also, um, there's a lot of crap that you can order. So, you know, I try and get people to, you know, if you aren't going to prepare your meals, um, which a lot of people aren't willing to do that, uh, you know, start eating from higher quality places. Um, and you know, more and more those are popping up. So most of my clients get a list of places that I think are pretty good. Uh, and so that's another stressor that you can take off your plate and you're sourcing a little bit of higher quality food. So, and then the one stressor that I guess people don't really think is a stressor is, you know, the overtraining thing. A lot of people will not take time to prepare their meals or source food or take a nap or get sleep, but they'll, you know, say I need to get to the gym. And uh, I think many people are overtraining and many people could actually lose weight and feel better and feel more energized and get leaner if they trained less and you know did higher quality training. So what I know we've talked about your movement practice a little bit. What what do you think that that what could a general outline for somebody be with that if they're looking for something simple that they can do? Uh, you know, to be honest, you know, that that's not my area of expertise. But what I've seen, you know, in working with the the, the team at Drive Four Ninety Five, you know, body weight training is great. In addition, um, you know, you can get some really quick and efficient workouts with kettlebells. So, um, you know, I know I, I've taken a few kettlebell lessons in uh, the last year, and I, I really enjoy learning how to use them. Uh, it's very technical, and it's, it can give you a quick, a really quick and great workout that pumps your whole body. So things it like that. It doesn't even have to last an hour or two hours long then, too. No, no, you know, you can 15 minutes of swinging kettlebells and you can get a phenomenal workout and tone, you know, for men and women, tone a lot of the areas that you want to tone. Uh, and then, you know, I, I also really a big believer in those kind of 
I guess you call them functional movements. Uh, I think deadlifts are phenomenal. So things like that can be really, really, uh, really great. Or listen, if you can just do a few push-ups and pull-ups um, and squats in your apartment, that works too. <laughs> and then make sure to, or you can talking about getting outside. Hey, get outside, do those push-ups, pull-ups, do some squats, and there you go. Especially you talking people are willing to make the time to go to the gym. They'll they'll set aside two hours for that, but they won't set aside ten minutes to go just take a stroll in the park. I mean. Hey, combine it. You get the best of both worlds there. Yeah, and you know, like I, I spent a significant portion of my life thinking that um, you know exercise was the most important thing. You know, eventually I learned how important nutrition was, and I was like, oh, I have everything figured out. And then I learned about the importance of sleep and, I, and recovery, and I was like, whoa, you know, maybe sleep's more important than nutrition. And then I actually, you know, most recently I've learned the importance of stress management and you know listening to your body and taking time to do maybe nothing. You know, I actually probably put them in that order, like. Stress management is the most important, followed by sleep, followed by nutrition, followed by exercise. So, you know, I, that can be a very radical thing for people to heal here. And, you know, I do think you need all of them. But for some people that are, have very high, you know, I guess we might call it high physiological loads, high stress loads on their body from work and uh, financial stressors and relationships and whatever they're dealing with, you know, oftentimes doing less is, is more powerful and let your body heal and get you where you want to go. Thank you, Steve. That's, that's just an awesome point right there. I, I hope people yeah. really listen to that, to, uh, be able to take that home and that, that being quiet, doing nothing, just being able to rest, recover, calm their mind, whatever it may be for them, uh, can be unbelievably powerful. Uh, now I wanted to ask you though, uh, so you said people drink a lot, like, what did that look like in Italy then, too? Talking about like drinking wine and stuff. Uh, does, that, does that happen as much as uh, gets portrayed, or what, what's the difference there between what we're doing in America as far as how we drink and how they're doing it over there? I don't know. If there's anybody from like from Europe or Italy listening to this, I don't, they may know better than me. But yeah. it, what I, what I saw over there was that number one, you're drinking you know homemade wine, which has no sulfites, no preservative, preservatives in it. So. It's kind of a different ballgame uh, in terms of the wine you're drinking. But I also find that people aren't drinking a bottle of wine. They might have, you know, they have these little small glasses and you might have a small, like, like they might serve a small orange juice in, in like a diner or, or something, like those little glasses. And you might have a little bit of wine, uh, you know, with a meal. And that's all you'd have. Um, so that's what I saw. And then also, you know, they do tend to like after dinner drinks, which supposedly stimulate digestion. So, you know, people have heard of grappa and there was a, a grappa that we actually tried over there called, um, the name is great. So I just have to say it. It's called Aqua del Lupo, which is, uh, water of the wolf. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you had a little bit of that and you know, it, it, it helps digestion. So, um, I don't think they drink as much as people think. Uh, and it is a higher quality product over there as well. You know, so that's a story. No, and that's that's a great point. Um, it's the quality of it too. Uh, if you're just drinking, again, the the quality of the grapes is still just that's the quality of your food. And talking about the quality of everything that you need to be eating, if you're taking in the garbage and then all the stuff they're adding to it, it's just like any other conventionally raised food. Where if you if you don't source the best quality that you can, it still isn't really going to have a great benefit for you. Yeah, I mean, with, with everything you put in or on your body, there's always um, a better choice. You know, this may be silly to bring up, but, you know, even people who smoke cigarettes, there's a better option than buying commercial cigarettes, right? 
So, you know, whether it's, um, you know, you know, uh, tobacco that you're buying from a reservation or an organic cigarette, you're going to be exposing yourself to less chemicals. So, you know, no matter what you're doing, even if it's not great for your health, there's always something better that you can be doing. So, yeah, you should stop smoking. But, you know, even lessening your load there is going to be is going to be helpful for you. So that's kind of how I, I, I approach health in general. You know, I, I know most people aren't going to live the lifestyle that we live, Nick. At least they're not going to make that change immediately. But, you know, just incorporating a few things here and there. So, you know, if you're drinking five, six nights a week, you know, drop that back. You know, I've even had people count the number of drinks they're having a week and we plot it on a chart so that we can see progress. And so talking about that, visually, uh, before you're talking about uh, getting the labs so that people can see what their blood work looks like, this is something, it's, it's another great way to just understand that. If you see these big spikes, maybe, uh, again, Friday, Saturday nights, but nothing else during the week, well, hey, maybe just have a drink on a Tuesday night. Just enjoy it uh, and yeah. don't have 15 drinks on a, a weekend, something like that, where you can exactly. bring it into a little bit more balance for yourself. Yeah, and you know, like one of the big numbers from blood work that you know people love talking about, you know, they're talking about testosterone levels. And it, I mean, to be honest, I don't really care about it, you know, but because if you do all this stuff, your, your male hormones are going to be where they're supposed to be. But um, it's really helpful to show people if they have, you know, a low testosterone level that, okay, this is probably because you're too stressed and you probably need to relax a little bit more. And you explain the cortisol testosterone relationship, you know, cortisol is high, you know, you're in a stress state. Your body's not going to want you to reproduce, right? So you explain those those correlations, and that I found that to be a very um, a very powerful motivator for people. I think that's that's fantastic. Just awesome to use that as a motivator because that's where sometimes people will get hung up if they don't have that that drive. And that's what I would like to know. Like, what is what is it that drives you? Like, what is do you have a vision for uh, yourself or for health for the entire world? Even in the next even. 10 years, in the next 100 years, what do you see that being? I think that in the next 10 years, everything that we're talking about and doing is going to be very mainstream. You're seeing, um, you're seeing snippets of it now come into the, you know, to these mainstream outlets. And, you know, I'm trying to bring this into the mainstream outlet that I write for, you know, with Harper's Bazaar. But I think you're going to see more and more of that. I think you're going to see more people looking to health coaches as opposed to doctors uh, for health advice. And they're going to start recognizing the importance of nutrition and making lifestyle changes. So I think that's what you're going to see in the next 10 years. In 100 years, I don't know, we might be living in the wilderness again. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not going to be opposed to something like yeah, that. Yeah, me neither. But I, I don't know where we're going to be in 100 years. But things are moving really fast, I'll say that. And uh, we may be kind of taking a, a step back into how <laughs> society's structured. We'll see. And, and that's... I, I don't necessarily think that that would be a bad thing even in 10 years from now. Uh, yeah. because just talking about, Hey, get outside, grow some of your own fruits and vegetables. Just go out and get your feet dirty. I mean, get your shirt off, get, get some sunshine. All of the above are, are going to have just boundless effects for the body and for just health and vitality and testosterone and whatever it may be. Yeah. I, I want to be respectful of your time, Steve. I don't want to take up too much here, but a couple questions that I have to finish up here for you. Uh, sure. what, who would you want to hear on this podcast? Like who is somebody that either you just follow and you loved their their message or 
somebody that you know a little bit about that you would really want to learn more from. In terms of what we were just talking about, in terms of kind of like connecting to nature and and he'll call it rewilding. I think Daniel Vitalis is a really uh, special dude. You know, I think he gets it on many levels. So he would be a cool guy to have on. And there's another Czech practitioner uh, that I've been following, and he wrote a book recently, and I really like I really like him, Andrew Johnston. I'm actually going to be speaking with know. him next week. Yes. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Yeah, Andrew is a is a is a great guy. I think he um has done a great job at kind of blending Paul Check's work and Ray Pete's and kind of merging those two worlds, which I think is a good approach. Now, if you had one question that you could ask or one thing that you would want to find out from each of those individuals, what what would you want to know from them? Or just uh. hear them talk about like even if it's just a broad topic, what what would it be uh regarding? I'm not really sure. I, I think with, with uh Daniel, I, I'd love to just know more about his his life in the wild. I know I think he lives up in Maine. Um and I mean he shows a lot of what he does, but I guess maybe more um more of it. Because it's just so interesting to me, Absolutely. and that's kind of how I would love to live. And Andrew, you know, Andrew's, it'd be cool to hear him talk more about, not necessarily for, for me personally, because I'm not into this world, but I know he's an endurance athlete, pro cyclist. You know, I'd love to learn more about how he fuels for, for those races and his, his racing nutrition, because, uh, you know, that stuff can be stressful on the body, but I feel like he's got it dialed in in terms of how to handle those stressors from a nutritional standpoint. So, um, yeah. That'd be well, great. I'll, I'll definitely have to ask Andrew that. I'll put it on my list of questions for him, and I will have to try and get a hold of Daniel to see uh, if we can really <laughs> get an insight of what, what his day looks like then, too. Yeah. But please share. Uh, Steve, we talked about some of the places that you're at, but if people, listeners here, want to find out more about you, wh- what should they do? Or if they want to work with you or come up to, uh, what was it, Drive 495, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, so I have a website, and that's silverback.com, and um, the way I spell that is S-L-V-R-B-K.com. You can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I'm very active on there. I'm going to be putting up, you know, I put up a post a day with, you know, not just a picture. I usually give a lot of information. Uh, You know, I want to get this stuff out there. So you can follow me there, you know, and there are links to those through my website. So, yeah, check me out. Great. Uh, Steve, thank you so much for your time. This was an awesome conversation. It was great getting to pick your brain, uh, see how to live almost in that urban jungle. Uh, and I'd love to hear <laughs> other people then living out in the, the true wilderness, the jungle. But all of, it, all of it has been fantastic. So thank you again for your time. And I hope people make sure to go check out a uh, link to some of the articles we talked about, all the websites here, so they can really learn uh, more about you then too. Thanks, Nick. That was awesome. All right. Thanks. Have a great day. Take care. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to go check on your brain health by going over to the barenakedhealthpodcast.com and taking the free brain quiz. By doing so, you can get a free copy of my book, The Four Morning Secrets to Perfect Brain Health, shipped to your door. Also, please head over to iTunes to give the Bare Naked Health Podcast a positive comment and a five-star rating. This really goes a long way in getting the word out and helping to share the podcast with others.